Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios, this is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thirsty Thursday here at 93.7 The Ticket. Welcome into old school. A little bit different today and tomorrow and next Tuesday as DP, Derek Pearson, is taking a well-deserved vacation. The DP, Derek Pearson. DP, Derek Pearson, in case you don't know what the what the initials stand for. Taking a well-deserved vacation as, as him and his wife head down to Las Vegas for a wonderful week, weekend, whatever of uh comedy and and fighting you get to watch israel adesanya go at it in the ufc but this is old school with jay foreman and myself rico here on 937 the ticket the ticketfm.com old school sponsored by sandhills global sandhills global has hundreds of jobs available at their global headquarters here in lincoln head to sandhills.jobs and apply today again hundreds of jobs sandhills global sponsoring old school Jay, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Um, you know, it's like when you when you uh, don't have your partner in crime, you got to figure out what you're doing. But it's actually pretty easy since uh, not pretty easy, but there's a lot of stuff going on since NBA free agency will start here in uh, about eight nine hours, and <clears throat> you got college choices of the former number one recruit Imani Bates. You got uh, oddly enough when there, it, you know for football coaches. I think after last week, it's pretty much uh, you know a dead period, a little bit of slow time. It's yeah. it's July is about it was July first will be Friday, you know for Nebraska's case, you know they might you know towards the end of July I'm, or definitely the beginning of August they're going to be getting into camp right. So essentially you're in, you know you're on the back nine getting ready to char- you know recharge for the season, and here comes PJ Fleck uh, gets roasted by uh, a former player. Um, and then anonymous former players start chiming in. And right. It's, just... it's it's pretty interesting to where, um, which, you know, I guess, we, you know, we can just dive right into P.J. Yeah, Fleck. Just PJ, because, yeah. yeah, we can go right into it. Whereas P.J. Fleck, um, you know, by one player that transferred in from North Carolina State, said pretty much he's a snake oil salesman. 
um, you know, phony and, and uh, you know, kind of get you there. And then said going to Minnesota was the worst, worst mistake, worst mistake you ever did. And that's the that's a transfer portal horror story um, that you don't see see and doesn't obviously win coaches, uh, you know, hundred million dollar contracts like what happened with Mel Tucker. So it's a it's a lose lose. It's a lose for the player. Uh, it's a lose for the university, mm-hmm. you know, and the football team of uh, Minnesota. And it's just, uh, and that's probably more the situation than not. I think where guys go in the transfer portal when you, especially when you're going from power five to power five, because it's no, you know, the transfer portal is a little bit more supposedly in theory reputable than looking at high school kids, but it's really not because you're not able to really figure out why they're in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's different based on the position. If you're, you know, like down in Texas, right? You got Arch Manning coming in, you got Quentin Ewers, and then you had the guy that was really good the year before yep. that is an assumed starter or maybe yours. So you got three legitimate quarterbacks, right? Um, if one or two of them get in the portal, it's understandable. There's only one one, one guy ball. can play. Yeah. Um, receiver might be a little different. You know, it might be injuries. It might be family situation, or you might not be good enough, or you might not be good enough based on, you know, who's at said school mm-hmm. and maybe not get an opportunity. And sometimes where like you could get injured or get hurt and you're not able to perform and then you get beat out in spring and that player performs well, there's nothing you can do. You look at Joe Burrow, right? He went in the spring. Got, I think he hurt his knee a little bit when he was at Ohio State. Urban Meyer said, hey, look, I'm going with Dwayne Haskins. It's kind of no matter what you do, um, this is the guy we're rolling with. You know, now it works out for him. He goes to LSU and ends up being the number one pick. But the year the year before, mm-hmm. you know, this first year there, you know, he was probably, you know, they were saying anywhere from, you know, third, fourth round grade. So, you know, it wasn't instant success. And so, and that's no different than if you're recruiting a high school kid. You know, you're getting a kid that's a four-star and might, you know, have the height, weight, size, speed, you know, come from, that, let's say, pedigree of one of the, like, California, Texas, say, Alabama, Florida, or say, Ohio, you know, wherever the kid would be where you think that he's more ready-made. And yeah. he gets here, and he doesn't, you know, show anything in the first couple of years. You're like, what happened? Well, sometimes kids have never dealt with competition, have never dealt with adversity, and they, they are struggling. Maybe they don't know how to deal with time management. Maybe, they, maybe they've always had somebody that uh, – you know, has done it for him. So when you look at situations like PJ Fleck, you got to look at it from both sides. There's probably some truth to it, right? Um, but that's also coaching as well. Like, there's, it's like I call it coach speak, right? They're gonna their job is to get you here, and then they're, they they you know they're always gonna look at it like, hey, we're gonna we can I can make Rico the best Rico or Jay the best Rico. You got to take advantage of what you have here, and if no coach is gonna recruit a player, whether it's in the portal, high school or JUCO or whatever it is, and and, and um, not think that you can't flourish at said university. Now, the, I do think there's sometimes where they recruit kind of just to fill a spot, right? Like, oh, we need a D lineman, so we're taking them. I don't, I don't really believe in that type of rec- like mindset because you're not doing your kid the kid a favor. You're not doing yourself a favor because yeah. you already have no intention of playing them. But I understand you got a roster management is a little bit different. But so there's probably some truth to it. And um, you know, I've heard, you know, I'm from Minneapolis, so I've heard various stories about P.J. Fleck. You know, um, I know guys down in Florida, um, you know, that play at some prominent schools in Fort, or that coach at, at prominent schools in Fort Lauderdale. And we played at Buffalo together. Um, that was dealt with P.J. Fleck, um, some good, some bad. You know, I've heard some good, some bad about other coaches, yeah. and I think that's the way it is. But I know my high school coach kind of like, we always joke about it, 
P.J. Fleck and he comes through there. It's the same thing as like some success maybe changed players. I remember him telling me about when Craig Bowl used to come through there. You know, he's at North Dakota State. Um, so it's just kind of just based on, you know, who you run into. And, you know, there's probably some truth to it. Um, I mean, you got to think that, that not all players are going to, you know, completely fall in love with the head coach. There's going to be some guys on that roster that – Maybe not this level of animosity where right. you're going to speak out against how terrible the coach is, but there's some. There, the, you never. You're not. You're never going to be the perfect coach. You're no. not going to please everybody. So even if they, even if they, you know, loved what you were selling when you were recruiting them, or they loved what you were selling when you were trying to bring them in for the transfer portal. After a year or two, maybe somebody gets tired of, of something. Maybe they're just annoyed with something that you do. But or you just don't play well, or it's just and it could it maybe not be the head coach. It could be the D line coach. Maybe like the D line coach. Maybe some other players got better or, you know, you didn't take advantage of the opportunity or there's a little bit of both. And well, there's – I I'll say this, like, you know, Coach McBride, um, you know, I love the man to death. Um, was I friends with him or as close with him or thought as highly of him? Well, I probably – I thought, uh, you know, extremely high of him when I played for him, but now it's on a different level. Um, you know, when you coach, you know, it's, it's a lot like parenting. You know, they shouldn't be there to be your friend. They're there to coach you. Yeah, they're there to be your someone you could you know hopefully confide in, um, trust, get to know, but also hold you you know accountable to even higher standards than th that you have for yourself. So, you know sometimes players you know um, don't welcome that, and um, but then also I imagine you know PJ Fleck is the type of dude that will look you in the eye, tell you some promise something, then act like you know. That's not what he said, you know, and that's I've heard that before. Try to try to try to you know change his word. I never said that. What right. I meant to yeah, say, yeah, was, was yeah, he can get real that. technical on you. So, you know, it's just he seems like a smooth talker. Yeah, and and I think he's uh, and, and look, he, regardless of what this situation is, which is always going to be around, <clears throat> he's doing something right because they're winning, mm -hmm. and they're and they and he's and he's built a program up there that's respectable. To where he feels like he can go anywhere in the Midwest or better yet in the country and recruit and get guys and, and get them to play well. Um, and he must be doing something well to for the sense of lo you lose one of the best running backs in the country early in the season, mm. well, first game of the season, and you're able to bring in not one but two but three running backs that are productive. Um, you're able to adjust in the sense of until your defense started to play more consistent and respectable – you found a way to win games earlier in the season. He de he's de developed um, wide receivers this year, um, in the sense of uh, after having two NFL guys there before, who the, you know they're taking up ninety percent of the practice reps and game reps. Yeah, and you have a quarterback that started off a little slow that he that got better towards the end of the season, and um, so he he's doing a lot more good in in things right than. Like you know, the, you know those tweets or articles uh, that was written up in Minneapolis would say, but those are also there as well. And I think that's just what you get with a guy like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, PJ Fleck, is you take the good with the you bad. take the good with the bad. He's gonna win. Um, it's just another thing that he, him, and the university are gonna have to deal with. They're gonna have to address these situations, and they're gonna have to, you know, figure come to come to some type of conclusion some resolution well, it, the only resolution and the only time it's really going to become a bigger big problem is when they start losing yeah as long right as they now keep winning 
whatever the standard is at Minnesota, which, uh, you know, obviously they're not thinking about national championship. They might be saying it, but realistically, you know, they're not thinking yeah. Big Ten championship every year or bust. You got to get past as long as he is. Yeah. As long as he's meeting those standards. Right. He's How, good. He's good. So these things will go. But as these things start to pile up and the closer are, look closer that you are to like the bottom of that standard, mm -hmm. then they become more of a problem. Um, as soon as you win two, as soon as you lose two, three games in a row, right. these things are going to pop back. And up. Have a I bad season. And the then, se when the season starts, if they win their first three games, nobody's going to be talking about this. But as soon as they lose two or three, right. it's going to be brought back up right away. And they're going to be like, well, is P.J. Fleck you know, losing his players? Because right. remember this Remember this, season. remember this guy, remember yep. this guy. It's just a matter of time. And then it's like, oh, well, he had really good players to mask all that. So it's just a thing that happens over time. I mean, you got to be doing something right to to convince, like you said, Muhammad Ibrahim, who's one he's one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, who even after his injury was probably going to get drafted somewhere in like the fifth round, fourth right. round, to come back, to come back. Yeah, and and he must believe in something. I'm I'm gonna tell you this, like okay, Blake Cashman, uh, he's playing with Houston Texans now. Um, is from my high school, Eden Prairie. Been knowing Blake since he was a little punk, right? And worked with him and trained him in the off season. Um, I, I told him he should go to Iowa. He had a full ride there, mm -hmm. um, had better offers. He he wanted to walk on at Minnesota. All right, do it. He ended up starting, and he actually – there was another kid from my high school somehow that got a scholarship that he that didn't. He was playing a lot more than him. And he said the first meeting that he had um, with P.J. Fleck was – obviously P.J. Fleck knew how good he had played, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to put you on a scholarship. And he was a man of his word. He's like, you're going to be on scholarship by this date. And it was there. And so I think it's, you know, like he did the whole thing where they got to wear college shirts, sit in the front and all that. That You know, that's there's a lot of things that goes on that, that goes on or went on in Minnesota's athletic department that has been, quote, unquote, real toxic for years. So he did a really good job of changing that. Mm -hmm. um, I think guys like Blake, um, Carter, Carter Coughlin, you know, another guy, you know, I worked with. Um, from my high school, you know, those guys that kind of get it already, um, where you get a guy that maybe it's totally different atmosphere coming to a totally different conference with a totally different coach. Um, you know, there's, that's where you get the animosity, especially if you can't get in touch with the coach or the coach can't, or you can't get to some sort of, you know, compromise towards the end. That's how you have stuff like that. I mean, there was another situation with PJ Fleck with another player like a, a year or so ago. Um, in the, in the same form or fashion, it's going to happen, especially when you have a big personality like that. Yeah. When you make go for football <clears throat> essentially about you, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he came in and, and, and changed a lot. He brought the, you know, his row the boat, he's right. bringing the oars. He's, he's, you know, putting up signs and putting up, you know, canoes and everything. Like, I mean, he's, he's doing like you stuff. said, he's yeah, making yeah, it all yeah, about him. Him and which, his brand. I mean, he's sprinting yeah. from one end of the field to the next. Which at in the a end sense of the could quarter. be in a sense, you know, could be good for the players because that could it take, takes it off, takes the off the attention yeah. off of them, the pressure off of them. If they play if they play bad, people aren't gonna talk about how, you know, how bad the players are right. and all this. They're gonna be like, Look, PJ Fleck, he's doing all this. Maybe he should spend more time doing that. So in a sense, him making it all about himself sure. is is kind of smart and taking that pressure off of his his athletes. Yeah, and he's and he's smart enough to know how I wouldn't say know how to control the media, but you know, he knows how to kinda you know, pimp him a little bit. It, he also knows the expectations are, or Minnesota are where they are. 
Um, he knows they're financially obligated to him now. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are the type of situations when you have a coach like that. I mean, he he rubs people, some people the wrong way, even when he's winning. He did it, you know, where he was at before. But it works. How long it works, we'll see. But you can't take anything away from him professionally because of maybe how he is personally. Yeah. I learned that, you know, myself. I got a tremendous amount of, of respect for Coach Bowl professionally as a uh, as a football coach. Personally, not only in my situation, but other players that played for him, um, some of the things he said, the scouts and stuff, I, I don't think I'd – I mean, I'd have – I mean, I could – I could amend anything, but not really, you know, right yeah. now until you take accountability. Because I've seen it in black and white, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not wasn't just about me; it's about other players. So these are guys that, that are totally not true, you know, what you're saying about mm-hmm. them. And you just went about your business, you know. But but whatever happened up there in North Dakota State, you know, he's able to change and do some stuff. So yeah, it worked. And I know guys love playing for him, and so this is where PJ Fleck is at. But it's definitely, definitely. Uh, Definitely something to keep an eye on because as he got that contract, the expectations come different. Because paying a paying paying a coach five million dollars at Nebraska is different than at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It is like Minnesota doesn't budget for that for their football program. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, five million five million to Minnesota is a lot. You got to think they were cost sharing with the Vikings and the Twins to play football. For years, until the till the till they was like till the Vikings was like we need a new stadium because we got rats and cockroaches in yeah. here and other teams don't like coming in with steel lockers, you yeah. know. So Minnesota's like, damn, yeah. Well, I guess we got to do something now. And now we got to do it on our own campus and and stuff like that. It's a nice stadium. It, it's a great and you can buy beer and you can, you got bars everywhere. So they <laughs> they're doing it right and they they got a pretty good home and field advantage. But so they aren't budgeting for a five million dollar coach with a big personality. So as that five million dollars is raised, or you know you're paying him, and they do have the money, you know, seven and five is is like not going to be it's a, not you, good enough. Anymore. You got to think, Glenn Mason was there. They were all they were a perennial yeah bowl game team. Putting I mean he had Lawrence Maroney and uh, Marion Barber. I mean they were putting out running backs like left, left and right. right. Um, the other Barber, you know, so. There's been guy. I mean, even um, Jerry Kill. No, was, say, Jerry uh, Kill did a good job right. in Minnesota. Yeah. Right, he did bowl a, games. I bowl mean, games it was just health. It was just health, and yeah. that's what I think helped PJ Fleck kind of make that early jump. And this is what people also don't understand is, and this is where you know people are like all oh, when Scott references uh, Mike Riley, it is true. And I always say this: like you judge a coach, you judge leadership one or two years after. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. You know, in some ways Mike Riley wins nine games kind of like with Bo Pelini's culture and players right yeah and then you know on the flip side this is where Scott Scott has you know probably good good talent I mean let's not Mike Riley recruited well but didn't have the culture didn't have the accountability mm-hmm. I mean if you talk to guys that were here when Mike Riley well, was here there, so there's there's pod, the no block no rock right. podcast was you, like they you you heard it they were talking about the, there was no accountability there wasn't you know people would show up to weights whenever they wanted right. people would miss it practice whenever you want. they wanted and they were like look if you missed practice with Bo it was the worst thing ever because you had to do you know 100 I don't know what they called it but it right. was something with a plate where you had to lift it over your head get down on the ground kind of do like yeah. a little like you know side there's to side workout and get and, back up and the players could hold each other accountable they talked about um, two things with Amir and some Josh run, Mitchell. Yeah, run some running back was it must have been a recruit, sleep up front. They you know, he went off on him. Bo, Bo, walks, Bo in. walks in, Amir, we good? Yeah, we're good. Amir had the you know, pretty much won the game against McNeese State 
Um, yeah, it's a, his defining moment um, among plenty, but that was it. That made him somewhat, you know, quote-unquote, new age legendary. And he's going in the locker room and cussing people out. Ripped them a new one. And right. Josh Mitchell's walking around after that game saying, I wouldn't, better not see you guys out. You're mad. Right. We're not celebrating. Right. So, the, so, you know, I always say that that's, you know, where P.J. Fleck will see now, right? Because it's mm-hmm. more about that. And then people are saying that with Coach Frost. But then also, you know, people try to dummy down when he says, you know, what they had to deal with firsthand coming in. You had to deal – I mean, look, like, like I said – Scott's a friend. He's a former teammate. It's no different if we were drinking a beer, you know, or yeah. whatever, if he was here. Um, you know, the record is what his record is. Not what he wants, not what I want. I'm not the coach, but, I mean, I'm a part of Nebraska. And he understands that, you know, that's factual. What people don't understand what also is factual when if you have guys that kind of go and co- or come and go as weights, there's not even a base that start out with to kind of – get your weight program up to Big Ten standard because they're probably a year or two behind. That lets you know they got bad practice habits. That lets you know they haven't had um, any time to develop in practice because they're not practicing hard. Yep. And some of them were just deciding whether they weren't coming. Like, I'm just not going to lift it. And here's the bad part. There was coaches on that staff that wanted to hold players accountable, but Mike Riley wasn't letting them. I mean, I know one personally that where he was so irate that a player could call and said, I'm just not feeling like coming to practice, knowing he was at home probably chilling, mm-hmm. had to play him, and the coach went to the head man and, he wouldn't let him, and got mad at him. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing ever. So, um, you know, when you think about P.J. Fleck, you think about guys with their, you know, how they usually leave it is, is uh, you know, re- rears his head, you know, two years after. North Dakota State is still winning. Coach Bull did some good stuff. So you can, you got to kind of pay your respect to different guys. Yep. I respect P.J. Fleck as a coach. He's doing something right. He's yeah, doing something. something's working up there. Yeah, he's doing something right. He's recruiting, developing, winning. Um, now, you know, I think it's real. I, I met him personally, and I was like, dude, I, I was like, I said, hey, man. I mean, there's something. I, I'm 40-something years old, okay? Save it. You, you know what I'm saying? He was, I, he was trying to sell it to you. Right. You, you know, I say, hey, coach, I'm Jay Foreman. He's like, I'm I'm elite, you know. Pump your brakes, dude. Relax. Okay. <laughs> We're all here at the Super Bowl media thing. I know you come in here with a like an entourage, but you are the Gophers coach. This is an NFL territory. <laughs> we know you just come. You get what I'm saying? Like, like. Hey, I'm great. Right, right, like, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, dude. You know, Eric Dickerson's over here, and uh, Anthony Munoz. Do you do you know who you're surrounded? Right, by? right, right. I'm. You know, I'm in. I'm in fandom over Eric Dickerson. Yeah. You know, everybody. My dad, I think, is a Hall of Fame player. I'll tell my dad. That's my favorite running back of all time. <laughs> That's understandable. Second favorite player. First one is LT. That's understandable. It's understandable. Yeah. That was my first time meeting him. And I was like, oh, that, you know, got a picture with both of them. Here come PJ Fleck. I was like, man, that's like, who the hell you think you are, man? You know, it was early in the morning. Yeah. I wasn't probably, I'd been out all night, you know what I mean? So I wasn't in the best mood, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It was cold as heck up in Minnesota, and I'm, he's walking up trying to talk to everybody. Like, right, okay, like this is the like time you got, when you this like is he the had, time when you listen. Right, he had gopher underwear on. I'm sure he can't. I mean, everything <laughs> was, was he gophered out. Oh, oh he yeah. was in his outfit. He had the jacket. You know, the, yeah. I think the white jacket, yeah. uh, maroon pants. I mean, you knew who he the was with the gopher. Yeah, t- yeah. But his Big Ten Media Day outfit. Right, but it was Super Bowl. Media yeah. week. This is just, yeah. this is a different type of media. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're gonna head to a break. Up next. The best segment in radio history. Just because DP's not here doesn't mean we're not going to do it. 
You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.